everybody. Welcome to We've Got the Beat, the podcast devoted to 80s entertainment and beyond. We are now into the 1987 section of horror. Um, it's been a hot minute since we've done an episode. If you've noticed, I've been uh, <laughs> I've been traveling across country, everybody. Um, I'm at my new place, new studio room, so hopefully everything works out okay. Uh, of course, I flub this like I always do. Uh, Kersey heard the first time when I couldn't even remember what I was saying, and I went. <laughs> I, I think, in full transparency, and to just show how hilariously inept we are, um, take that little bit of that intro that you first did and just stick it at the end as like a little blooper. <laughs> I should. I still have. <laughs> I was trying to use the Necronomicon to open up a. <laughs> Um, the deadites are on their way right now. Um, so this episode, uh, continuing, I think this is like our third episode of 1987. Uh, we're going to be discussing three movies about opening portals to hell, uh, Evil Dead 2, The Gate, and Prince of Darkness. Uh, sorry it took us so long to do this. It's my fault. Um, yeah, yeah, you shouldn't have moved, you piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, so how dare I live somewhere that's affordable. <laughs> uh, it's colder here, though. My God, is it colder. <laughs> Uh, there's no boba place here. It's a very small <laughs> town. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to open up a boba truck and and uh, um, uh, what, what's the sushi where it's cubes again? What's it called? It has cucumber salad and stuff like that with it. Uh, bento. No, no, I remember. I remember that. Poke. Uh, I wanna do a poke yeah. and uh, po- uh, yeah, boba uh, truck because this it's kind of a uh, well everything here is pretty uh, generic American. Um, all right, so let's get back to the point. Uh, so the first one we're gonna start off with is. Player's choice. Oh, uh, let's start with The Gate and then work our way towards Prince of Darkness. Okay, uh, The Gate, uh, the only hit from New Century, uh, one of the few movies from that studio that's not lost because it wasn't distributed by someone else. So you can find this on the Vestron label, uh, very expensive. So we were lucky enough to watch it for free on Tubi. So if you've never checked it out before, not Tubi, uh, on Vudu. It's probably free on Tubi as well. Who are we kidding? Um <laughs> Introducing the world to baby Steven Dorf before it became an uncontrollable pain in the ass. <laughs> Great actor, but I, I've seen that he's kind of a, a handful. He really looks like it. Yeah. Um, it's so funny. He was like, I'm never going to appear in a Marvel movie. That shit's crap. I'm not going to show up for that. And I'm like, you were in Blade. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Did you forget? Yeah, <laughs> and you would like, take any offer right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's obviously talking about the, the, the modern Marvel. Probably. Stuff, like, don't don't worry. They won't call. It's no, they will not call, especially after you badmouth them. That's not how that works. Um, so this, I believe, is his first real role. I maybe had done some TV or commercials before this. Uh, introducing the world also to uh, cult director Tybor Takax. <laughs> Fucking love that name. Fucking love it. <laughs> uh, mostly did generic action movies, but he did do a sequel to this uh, a few years later. But um, I remember seeing this one of the very first movies I ever saw on television that was, you know, scary. And at the time, you know, you're, you're fresh to this world. It kind of blew my mind. Um, what you could achieve in scary movies. And, and I like the fact that it has its own rules and mythology and unique creatures. It, there really isn't another movie quite like this. Yeah, it's a little more kid-centric, even despite the um, the horror of it, the, the brutality and how gross it is. Uh, it does definitely almost... It almost like starts out like a kid's movie in a weird yeah. way. 
Well, I mean, this is the 80s when you could have all sorts of genre putting kids in danger and no one batted an eye, whereas now it, it, they're a little more, you know, not to steal the word, but, you know, helicopter parents. You know, they won't let them watch this kind of stuff. Yeah, it kind of shows an interesting... It's like, I think everyone's trying to be poltergeist, and that one, like, the, the focus wasn't really on the kids, it was about the family unit, and I think that's what makes it um, work. I think this one doesn't really work necessarily when we're talking about little kids fighting demons. It's a little, a little weird. Yeah, it's... A lot of it's this... this uh, the, the polling between the older sister and the little brother, and then they're, they're uh, kind of off next-door neighbor friend who's really into some dark stuff and it's more about sibling tension than family um but i i think that they did a decent job for a very low budget movie with you know uh, just a few characters to work with and uh they have the requisite you know the parents are gone they have a party scene and stuff like that but i'm more interested in uh and sometimes it's a little heavy-handed. Um, you know, the, the, the rules that are required in order to open the, the, the gate. And I thought it was just a little like, okay, well, you, the timing of that is perfect and weird. <laughs> you know, the, getting the blood in the hole, you know, burying the dog, saying things backwards, performing their little levitation stuff. And But I, I do like that there is some sort of rule book for this, this world that they've created in the movie. Right, and that's kind of a, a, a weak spot that I think you and I both share for movies, is that if it has an established lore and rules, and as long as those rules are consistent, uh, it gets it definitely gets a, a lot of play for us. Yeah, well, that's, so yeah I that, definitely love uh, that aspect of it. Yeah, I think that's what's missing from, like, because for so many years it was just slashers, and there's really no mythology to them. I mean, even, like, the big ones. Uh, well, I mean, they do, but they're not usually very good. No, it's like, I think only Nightmare on Elm Street is the one that has a consistent mythology, whereas, you know, we've seen with Halloween, they keep throwing the mythology away and restarting over and over and over. And Jason, it's very bare-bones mythology. Hmm. Yeah, but I mean, like, movies that try to expand on them never really work. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's slasher is not really a good genre for that, I don't think. No, uh, and it usually it's it's the metaphysical stuff. When I said Freddy, and I know that's the weird line between slasher and rubber reality, you know. Um, mm. I, I guess I should consider it more fantasy because you're talking like, you know, otherworldly stuff. So, I mean, I shouldn't consider that just a straight-up slasher. But um, I do love the imagination that stuff like this uh, entails. Because you know you're 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 creating worlds and creatures that we've never seen before, and 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 I thought the stop motion was really fun, uh, the forced perspective of certain things, uh, the way they did the special effects. It's so much harder back then, I think, to do the practical effects than just slapping CGI and green screen now, especially on a, a budget. Power yeah. off. That power off. Yeah, that was fun. Um, all right, everybody, sorry. I'm a buffoon. I forgot to charge something this whole time that was on the road. Oops. Um, so uh, go ahead and talk about the gate while I cower in the corner and slap myself. <laughs> uh, so it's not too much that we haven't really addressed so far. I mean, basically, the, the general plot is... Um, actually, you know what? I don't even remember what they were doing in the beginning. There was a hole... Um, that they were covering up or right well uh, it's been so long since we watched this i think lightning hit the tree it had to be pulled out and they found out there's this huge hole underneath 
And then it's just like this, the, the circumstance, like I was saying before, like he cut himself and the blood went into the hole. It's all these rituals that were required. Yeah. And uh, this kid next door, he's really dark and listens to all this metal and he knows the rules of this kind of stuff. Like, I think it's in one of his albums. Is Yeah, he rules. was listening to it backwards and that's, you know, the whole uh, satanic scare of the 80s. Um, yeah. The, the first half of the movie is just setting it all up. So you have to have patience. But once it kind of goes... It's a lot of really crazy rules and, and, and the alternate reality of, like, you know, like these little uh, stop-motion creatures that, you know, attack, and they have the giant version of it that comes out of the ground. But um, I think the scariest thing is when earlier they're telling this story about a man who got buried in the walls while they're doing the construction of a house. Yes. And all of a sudden he pops out and he drags them off into this alternate world. I don't know, like, under the bed. The, the, the cool thing about this is that you know, uh, logic uh, isn't really necessary. Mm -hmm. And so you're a little more free with just being creative and coming up with new scares. Yeah, it, it lays the foundation well enough for um, the, the sort of the, the turn, the twist, or the, uh, the satanic presence to kind of flip reality on its head. It makes it work, and it really picks up around halfway point yeah. uh, when things just start cascading into disaster. Yeah, anything goes is basically the rules, and yeah. I, that scene really haunts me. Of course, I was a young kid, and so, I mean, I was on edge this whole time, like the fact that his parents, you know, they thought they died in a car accident, they're outside or whatever, and, and they're trying to get him to come out. A lot of the manipulation of what they're really seeing. I mean, here's the thing, though: is the monster? I can't, I can't remember the sequel. I don't know if they answered it in the sequel, but is the monster at the end that he shoots with uh, the little spaceship, rocket ship thing? Um, is that our main villain, or is that just being manifested from this hell? I thought it was more of a manifestation. I thought like Satan himself is kind of the or the the, the forces of evil. It's uh, is kind of the bad guy. Yeah, and it's you, not, you it's never not really a, a single singular creature. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting because you don't. Then that way you don't really see the villain, the 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 big bad. Yeah, you just see an extension of it. Yeah, it's a fun little nifty uh, horror film. I know some people who like really dig this movie. I'm fine with just watching it on free, you know, free on a, on a streaming service instead of owning it cuz I'm not paying 25 bucks for this. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's not yeah, it's it's not I don't think it's worth 25 bucks. Yeah. Um our second film is going to be Evil Dead 2. All right. Uh, I don't know. I said there's a question. I should have let him choose. <laughs> no, no, no. I said I said we'll work up to uh, uh, Prince, Prince of Darkness. Of Darkness. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Evil Dead 2. Now, uh, I remember one night. Oh, by the way, I actually mentioned this with the gate. I keep forgetting. The nerdy kid next door. Um, mm -hmm. Someone once asked, uh, Hey, who do you look like that's famous? I was in seventh grade. And someone goes, You look like that nerd from the gate. And so. I can see that, actually. I, I, I was. I looked exactly like him, even down to the jean jacket, but I was so incensed for years I would not watch this movie. <laughs> oh, weird. I thought that kid was cool. But... Yeah, well, you don't you don't want to look like him, though. I mean, but, uh, okay, so back to Evil Dead 2. Uh, there was a night, uh, I want to say it was February of 1993, a terrible winter storm, and me and my buddies got together. We got pizza, we got cookie dough and sodas, and stayed up all night long watching movies, and we watched Evil Dead on Up All Night. Um, and it was like, it was like, uh, you know, Joe Bob Briggs shows, but it was for, uh, USA hosted by Gilbert Godfrey and Rhonda Shear. And, uh, we were so blown away by Evil Dead the next day. I walked all the way from my house. I think it was like two and a half miles in this horrible fucking winter storm 
to get Evil Dead 2. I had to see it. And it did not let me down. No, you asked why I had to walk there? Because my parents were gone. They were on vacation for a weekend. And so that's why I had to walk. But good lord, my world was opened up by Evil Dead 2. I think, yeah, For at least for me, this is really the first like horror comedy that I think I've ever seen. Where, where both elements work in equal measure. Yeah. Well, and, and you were too young for this, but there was a boom. Uh before uh before ghostbusters there was a few but they were never really that successful but once ghostbusters came out every single studio especially independent ones all had to have their uh, horror comedies they almost always failed um but evil dead 2 is a anomaly it wasn't really released properly because uh de Laurentiis company had a contract where they had to deliver r-rated movies or let or lower but this was X, and they all agreed that there's no way that they could make this a great film by cutting out all that stuff. So he opened like a shell company called Rosebud, and it was like released like on 300 screens, and it still made a decent amount of money, but it didn't blow up till video. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can see that. A lot of movies um, that are like this, in the sense that it's kind of doing something a little bit new, uh, or. I mean, Maybe a movie that kind of takes itself very seriously, but also very comedic. Like, you're not really sure how you're supposed to feel about it in the moment. I, I can see that not doing too well. Yeah. Well, Slapstick, alone. The, yes. the world, I don't think, was ready to see, like, all this wacky Three Stooges shenanigans going on with insane gore. Yeah, that, that was, uh, I made my, my partner watch that, and she does not like horror movies. She laughed a lot. But it was also scarred by it by the end. So oh no! Had to stop watching it. So what are the chances of her seeing Army of Darkness? I started watching that with her, and she thought it was terrible. Oh yeah, I remember I had a crush on a girl uh, who went to the theaters with all of us to go see Army of Darkness, and when we came out, we were all so jazzed. She goes, "That was the stupidest movie I've ever seen." And I was like, "I don't like you anymore." Yeah, <laughs> because I'm pathetic. <laughs> Um, did I tell you Man, that after? She just doesn't. She doesn't get it. Yeah. Um, right after I saw Evil Dead, like a week later, I see a commercial for Army of Darkness. I mean, what are the chances? I, maybe that's why they were showing Evil Dead on television because they were preparing the world for Army of Darkness. I'm not sure. Oh, that could make sense. Yeah. But uh, I mean, like, did you even know at the time that it was the third of the trilogy? I did because I had just, I had literally just seen part two where he ended in the medieval world. Oh. Okay. And so I was like, wait a minute, that's that's the guy, you know, Ash or whatever. And you know, originally supposed to call him Medieval Dead, which is a much better name. But I can see mm -hmm. if. You know, the first two movies only made like five, six million dollars. But these are international massive hits because they play so much better like in Italy. Uh, you know, the, the audience there is a little more conditioned for outrageous, you know, uh, movies. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, and I remember reading about this in my video movie guy, this giant Bible that would give you like just miniature reviews of everything. And it said the Evil Dead was basically Evil Dead 1 just with more horror and, you know, and, and gore. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of a remake. Do you feel like they erase the existence of part one, or is this some sort of, you know, Necronomicon caused wormhole where Ash keeps repeating this kind of stuff? I don't know. I've deliberated over that for a long time. I, I the only thing I can really think of is that like he might have survived the first one, but his like memory is wiped yeah. of the incident. Yeah, I don't. And... 
comes back, but I'm not sure why. I don't know. Yeah, because when they do the what you kind of see in the beginning is a rehash, sort of. Um, but it erases all his friends and family. It's just him and his girlfriend. And yeah, they basically take the entire first movie. And they do that in the first 20 minutes, basically. Yeah, they condense it down, and then they take his hand, which is new to the mythology. And that's that's a wild new thing that continues through the whole series is, you know, that bites possess, and you can lop off parts of your body, and they can still attack you, which is a wild, crazy scene. They stole that, though. Have you ever seen Waxworks? Uh, no. Uh, Waxworks, the first one is great. The second one, he straight up steals that whole hand thing. Uh, from Evil Dead 2 and even cast Bruce Campbell in a role and I can't wait to actually watch those two movies with you <laughs> for the show. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's another one of those scenes of his hand attacking him that is exceptionally slapstick um, filmed in a very like old school style of uh, like Three Stooges where it's like filmed partly backwards so the, the hits look more realistic and it's very uncanny, but it also makes it freakier. Yeah, there's a lot of... I mean, he was notorious for his groundbreaking camera tricks that were basically done on a shoestring. You know, yes. it, it, taping cameras to boards and ran them through windows and then chasing after them with, like, you know, I think it was attached to a skateboard and they would run around with it. They would, they would put it through the car. Yeah. Um, there's all I, sorts I still of, don't know how they did that. Yeah, so many things that he did were creative. And then he would undercrank and then overcrank the camera to make things um, unreal. Then all the Dutch angles. That wasn't new because Batman, the TV show, had already done that. But combining all of those for this frenetic vision uh, that no one really had ever done before, but so many people have copied since. Mm-hmm. And I just think the movie, a lot of people think this is the best one. I, I'm, I'm, I can't argue that, but there's something really, really scary about the original. That's really just fucking it's unnerving. Visceral. Yeah, yeah, and I think that there, this one's a little annoying. There's a the screaming. I think is over the top, and the wacky it's tone. Constant. I think the wacky tone. I think sometimes is a little off-putting. Like when she smash, when he smashes. Uh, oh damn it! I can't remember the old lady. You know the rotten head. Uh, when he smashes and the eyeball shoots out and goes into her mouth. That's almost that line where I go, nah, I'm good. I'm good. That's too much silly. Yeah, that seems pretty great. Uh, it's funny, when you when you see that shot, I think you can actually see the string. That it's you can. <laughs> well, this is before high-definition, too, and you probably only could see that in the original theater, theatrical showing. Boy, is this, this franchise is one of the most dipped-into-reissued ever on any sort of home format. Mm-hmm. I had the Necronomicon from Anchor Bay, where it was literally the bound book, and you open it up, and I had the tin. I had so many different versions of this, because every time they would reissue this, they would add new features, and I had to have them. Yeah, Red Letter Media did a great bit about that. Um, if you see the uh, Evil Dead uh, review, where one of the one of the guys has, I, I think it's like seven to ten different versions of the same movie. Yeah. They're doing that now with uh, the MGM catalog because there's so many different versions of The Howling and Escape from New York, and I keep wanting to get them, but I tapped out this time. I can't keep doing it. <laughs> no. Um, what is your favorite of the trilogy? I think I gotta go... Uh... <sighs> That's hard to say. Uh, I, I like them all for different reasons, um, but I think the one that I go back to the most is probably The Evil Dead 2. Yeah, I go to Army probably most often, but... 
That's my second view. I would say 90% of my viewings of ARMY, though, were when I was a teenager and college student. Mm-hmm. So I, it, the first one's very, very harsh, especially in the tree uh, scene. Um, yeah, but it also is, is le- he really restricts his style, and I think a lot of that is just the budget. It's, yeah. It's a very, it doesn't have the same sort of frenetic energy that the other and It's not frenetic, but it's unrelenting. It, yes. I think it just tests like your will. I mean, not in a, not in a bad way. It's just like, how much can you take? This is insane. Yeah, and I think they did a really good job in the the remake of it, um, actually, um, where they kind of keep that same tone, yeah, uh, and the same sort of relentlessness. And I think they they did a really good job with. Well, it. Well, yeah, there's two different worlds now because the way that the movie went, and I guess the new sequel, which is kind of taking. A little bit of a cue from Demons 2, where it's set in an apartment complex, mm-hmm. like a high rise. Um, I'm into that. That one's dead serious, whereas when they revived the Ash version of it, it's it's like an alternate world where things are much more silly. Are you talking about the TV series? Yeah, the one that was on, what, Stars, I think, for three years? Oh, uh, yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, both are fine. I, I, I like that they kind of go off into their own... Because well, the rules of the Necronomicon, kind of the way the rules of the gate, is that you can split reality, and there can be two or three different paths, like multiverses. Mm. Because everybody's crazy about multiverses now, but this is way before and, that. You know, speaking of which, Sam Raimi is directing the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, I, after a decade of not directing anything, I kept wondering when he was going to come back, but all his projects just kept falling through. Yeah. Um, this is going to be his uh, most weird, uh, frenetic, energy-filled camera movement movie. I think I've, I think he's done. Yeah. Um, There's a trailer. That camera does not stop fucking moving. I oh, I haven't seen the trailer vomit. yet. Oh, okay. Oh, check it out. It, it's it's slightly vomit-inducing. Well, I, I was afraid that it was going to um, uh, tell me about the last Spider-Man movie, which I haven't seen yet. So I didn't want any spoilers. It it does not. Okay. Um, the last thing I'll Wait, say on this... you haven't seen the last Spider-Man movie? No, I don't go to the movie theaters. I just don't go. Oh, that's true. Though, yes. I will say this, the town that I just moved in revived a theater from 1905. The thing is massive. And their matinee shows are four bucks, and they're showing Batman this weekend. Ooh, nice. So I might go, yeah, four dollars for the matinee and six, six bucks for the evening show. Jesus. Oh, yeah. That's a good deal. Um... The one thing I remember is that they kind of retconned the end of Evil Dead Two for Army of Darkness. Is like the end yes. of this. At the end of this one, he's a champion that they're all praising the him. The savior. Yeah. yeah. The, the one that was prophesized. Yeah, and and then of course it changes a little bit in Army of Darkness. But I was like, I was all in because when he just shows up with this badass and he blows its head off and it blows the smoke away from his shotgun and puts it away, I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah I. I don't know which which way I prefer. I do like the opening, or the the ending of the the second one of him being accepted as the hero reluctantly, and he has like the the idea of like this no choice and there's no way home. Yeah, kind of thing. But I also love the Army of Darkness style of making him like a, almost a superhero, and, <laughs> and I I I love the cartooniness of it and the comic book. Yeah, kind of what a cocky asshole he was. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no one, no one plays a better asshole than he does. <laughs> uh, well, maybe James Woods, but not in a lovable way. <laughs> he okay, he lives it. Yeah. Dude, have, you, have you seen uh, Bruce Campbell live? Um, yeah, he was at the Sacramento Comic-Con, and I was horribly disappointed because he didn't. He had his own like weird game show where he would bring three people from the audience up, and he would interview them. And oh, that sucks. It didn't go well, and no one cared, so we just left. 
it sucks. I saw him uh, the Portland Comic Con. Oh, he was so good. He he played his his character of himself of being an, like a complete asshole to his fans, yeah. like making fun of them to his. Oh, it was so good. I was laughing my ass off. Well, I guess now he's kind of does an actual game show instead of an interview panel. Because uh, he's sick and tired of talking about the same stuff over and over, and yeah. then he he doesn't really want to. I, I think he knew the audience didn't like you know talking to Joe Schmo from the audience, um, but uh, if I think he's doing like a quiz kind of thing where he brings people up to the audience and he asks them pop culture questions and they get prizes and that gets people into it. Yeah, all right, I can see that. I I, it, I can understand him being tired of playing that character yeah. that caricature well he so. just never really broke through with so many opportunities we were just talking about the phantom and <laughs> he almost ended up the lead of the phantom and yeah. uh billy zane ended up getting it but that would have been a really interesting switch in his career i think i don't know billy zane didn't turn out too well after that so <laughs> what do i know I mean, like, isn't the Phantom British, though? Would he have to put on a British accent? Uh, no, I mean, I, he might have been in the comics, but they ditch it for the movie. Oh, okay. Um, all right, so our third and final film is Prince of Darkness, maybe the most underrated uh, John Carpenter film of all time. Uh, at the When it came out, it got terrible reviews. It, it made a profit, but because it was so low budget. But I think yeah. now people realize how scary it is and the world that he creates on a very shoestring budget. Uh, is absolutely fascinating. It, yeah, I think this is probably his best movie, honestly. Really? It's Over the like, thing? Oh, yeah, forgot. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> I'll say it's his top three. How about that? Uh, my top three is It's Always Escape from New York. That's my mm-hmm. favorite movie of his. Uh, That's my number two. And uh, then uh, The Thing. And I am a sucker for Assault on Precinct 13. Yeah, that was good too. I just watched that recently. His siege movies, you know, one location takeover kind of movies, tend to be like his most interesting, and this is one of them. Um, Ghost of Darkness or Ghost of Mars might be his least. <laughs> Less we talk about that. The yeah. Oh, did we do that? Did we ever do that on the uh, trash cinema? I can't remember. I don't think we did. We did vampires. Okay. I thought we did vampires and Ghost of Mars, but I could be wrong. Okay. Um, no, because I because I, ne- I never saw Ghost okay. of Mars. So if we did do a Ghost of Mars episode, I lied through the whole thing. Oh, okay. There we go. <laughs> um, so Prince of Darkness is uh, his answer to the studio frustration he had for so many years. Uh, Christine didn't turn out the way he wanted to. I shocked at that because I yeah, love that movie. It's fantastic. Uh, the thing was uh, destroyed by critics and didn't make any money. Um, he compromised with Starman, even though that was his most critically acclaimed, I think, and in you know general audience acceptance. And it was big trouble in Little China, though. That's the one where he said, "Fuck this," mm-hmm. because they really screwed him on that. And so he went to um, if you remember, it was Caracol and a company called Alive. They, they co-produced the movies for him, but they, they gave him complete and absolute uh, control over them, and they just gave him like a three four million dollar budget to do them. And you know, like I said, Prince of Darkness and they live, they weren't appreciated at the time, but what do we talk about most of all now? They live. And now Prince of Darkness is finally starting to get noticed. Yeah, I, I only like heard about it a few years ago, and then since then I kind of been seeing it all over the place. There's this theater. Um, that kind of plays some older movies, and it was playing there for a little, little while. Um, it's definitely one that's getting a lot more recognition, and it deserves it. Well, it has one of the scariest visuals ever. And, oh, I, I want to say that I rented They Live when I got Evil Dead 2, because I feel like I was traumatized. 
because I was a teenager and I'm in this giant house in the middle of winter all by myself and watching um, Prince of Darkness like at two o'clock in the morning in that scene where you just get a slight visual of that tunnel where the creature is standing there haunts me to this day. Uh, I don't remember that part. You know the one that they kept the dreams. They kept seeing like as the it was like that oh, like the radio no, signal. That's, was, yeah, that's at the church. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, that that freaked me out. Yeah, the the camera, the the handheld camera, whatever, going down and just the repeatedness, and as it gets closer and closer every time, you're. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. It, the, the, I think the reveal at the end maybe not the strongest no. uh, in terms of how to end it, but I, yeah, the the build up to that was very. Um, I don't know if like, um, uh, God, what kind of horror is that? Like the found footage or you know, yeah, yeah, it's one of the very it's first like, of that kind. Yeah, it really kind of preempted that and, and was very, I think it was, it was very original for the time it came out and exceptionally well done. Yeah, it's it's a siege movie and this time it's it's more complicated than most horror movies because he kind of uh, takes a British. Uh, he said he, he owed it to, uh, I've never seen the movie Quartermass series. They're like high-minded sci-fi horror. So the rules are a little more complicated, like the way he did with Halloween 3, where um, it's not a known, tangible kind of evil. It passes itself in odd means, like scratches and you know liquid and it's 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 very unusual it's hard to describe how how unique the creature is it's it's fluid that's a gateway to hell it's it's what was it again i can't even remember now i feel stupid it's 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 partly zombie it's partly the blob it's got a little little bit of everything so the basically the basic premise of this movie is that the catholic i think it's the catholic church has been holding on to this secret for thousands of years uh, there is a canister of some kind of a liquid um, that they've been holding on to that is that's been said to be the harbinger of the devil, essentially. And the container appears that it's going to break at any moment. So they go to a college and work with uh, scientists and students uh, of all different professionals, uh, professionalities. I don't know what to call them. Yeah, I was going to say they're pretty old students. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Looks like 40. <laughs> different like the different degrees so you have someone who's like a degree in history someone who's like a theoretical mathematics someone who's uh translating dead languages so they're all trying to figure out what any of this means is it real um how can they reinforce the canister like all of these things that kind of come together and then eventually it just breaks and then that's when everything just goes to hell i mean literally yeah um i think it's one of those casts of who's who uh you know like character actors and because that's why it was so low budget the only one you really know here is donald pleasance uh you know above the title kind of name but um we do have victor wong and dennis dunn coming back from a uh, big trouble in little big china trouble. um I, I, I like the fact that dennis dunn at no point do they even discuss his asian yes and, that was another thing that i there's, yeah there's like multiple asian students and there is like no accents there is no um, easy jokes about like easy jokes about I'm not even gonna say them but you know like there's at no point do they go to like just like lazy um, uh, stereotypes yeah you know what's funny is I'm reading right now uh, that uh, John Kenneth Murr a critic uh, suggested that this was a parable for AIDS epidemic and I feel like every single James uh, John Carpenter movie 
they, they, they misunderstand. They're always trying to find some sort of parables. And whenever you talk to them about it, he's like, no, that's not what that means at all. Yeah. What? <laughs> like they live, the the hard right now is like, oh, it's, it's trying to tell you the Jews have taken over the media. He's like, what? Right, exactly, yeah. No. None, none of the mix. Yeah, yeah the Shut thing up. isn't about AIDS either because in 1981 when they were making it, it wasn't even a really a known thing. Mm. He just makes movies to entertain you and yes there are always some kind of rebellious subtext but i feel like critics always get the wrong subtext mm. but um i also want to say jameson parker who i know from uh simon and simon one of those old school detective shows is uh the real lead in this and that mustache <laughs> does not work it looks ridiculous poor mustache. I feel like John Carpenter has a lot of like character inserts of himself, and you can always tell who it is by the mustache. Yeah. Um, I will say this. I don't know the actor's name, but there's a scene in this that's so fucking bad that uh, when you remember the guy with the mullet, the blonde mullet, who's standing outside, and they're all at the balcony, and they're like, hey, man, come on in. We're still working. I was like, you guys, this is bullshit. This is all waste of time. Come on, man. <laughs> Okay, for a second, I thought you were going to talk about the scene where he his body just dis- dis- destroyed into bugs. Oh, that was cool. Yeah, that part's awesome. I was, I was about to be mad. Okay, yeah, never mind. Yeah, you're right. No, no before that, though, I'm like, please kill him. Please yeah, make well, it suck. Of course it's going to happen. We, we know it's going to happen. I just can't believe John Carpenter let that go. <laughs> no, no, take two. <laughs> uh, Portland teacher. Uh, former actor Tom Bray is also in this. Sadly, he's only in a few minutes of this, and he gets a bicycle jammed through his chest by Alice Cooper. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think this is a really interesting movie. I think Lisa Blount is really great in this. She's our heroine who sacrifices herself um, and then becomes like the guardian of the gateway. Mm-hmm. Um I uh, I also just I I love the fact that like in these sorts of movies about. Uh, monsters and demons it's always like the uh the the priests who are the heroes and this one he's not the priest is like a coward yeah and kind of a piece of shit um i don't know who the other actor was he's the african-american actor who gets his, uh, his throat like all cut up oh and that was so fun the giggling yeah the fucking oh. giggling will haunt me forever too <laughs> and, and just like how I, he did it like really was it that he did it really slowly on the neck or that he did it multiple times but like either way i remember that part freaking me out yeah. too but when he's laughing i don't even know how he does it he's in pain yeah it's hard to show giggling it's like uncontrollable and he was trying to stop it like whatever was left of him uh yeah, was trying was a... to stop it yeah, and then um, the, this, yeah, we could just talk about the visuals uh, for forever. They're they're all fantastic. The, uh, the the woman who becomes sort of the conduit to oh, pull. so gross. Oh, okay. So uh, this woman is basically possessed by the goo, gets into her body. Well, no, doesn't she, she just get cut on the thing, the container? She cuts herself, and that's how it gets into her. So because it's different for her than everybody else. Because well, I remember the liquid going like into her eyes and mouth. Too. Well, that was the lady with the glasses, though. The first lady, right? The one who's just like keeps looking at it and looking at it, and she looks up at the ceiling, and it's like condensed on the ceiling. It shoots down in her. I think it happened multiple times. Now I can't oh. remember. There's a blonde lady who gets cut, and it starts infecting her whole arm, and then they put mm-hmm. her in the bed, and then yes. her whole body's like a cancer, like a, a, a scabby wound, and her face is all rotted, and she just looks over at them with because the, she has big white eyes. And they just pulsate, and, and that's a terrifying visual too, because she's like, Aah. yeah, it's it's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it's so gross. But 
I think that works better than the hose on the side. I mean, it's a special effect that you had to do back then because you didn't have CGI. But having yeah. a hose on the side of the person's face and it shoots out and you have to get the camera angle right and it has hit the person, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That one is a little silly, I think. I'm not sure if that's 100% successful because the person has to yeah. be like, hey, what are you doing here? With their mouth <laughs> wide open in order to get all the goo in there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a problem of budget, but like... <laughs> It, it, they do what they can. Yeah. I love the the homeless crew that doesn't say anything. They just keep coming closer and closer and the bugs and everything. There's just the movie. The movie feels like rot. Yes. Which is a, a different way of portraying demons and hell and stuff like that. Because even the movie demons does it in a different way. Mm. Yeah, it's usually like the this sort of uh, violent destruction or takeover. This one is just like this slow decay of humanity. Yeah, and there there is an end, but it's one of those stingers. I think still works. Like that's the curse of a lot of horror movies. Once you know, like the seventies and stuff like that, there was no real ending. They always had to have a stinger at the end, and I think this one's good because it does give you the good ending, but also like the potential of oh shit, what could happen next. Yeah, it is one of those that kind of sets up, I, I think, could potentially set up a sequel, and I think that could work. I, I think that there is still a lot left. Yeah, um, well, I mean, that was all contained explore. to one location. If this had been bigger, they could have had it spread to the whole city. Yeah, but it also sets up the, the, the idea that humanity is going to end in, like, five years. And it the movie ends, like, right as that five years start, I think. Oh, okay. I must have missed and, that. I can't, yeah, I can't remember. The ending is a, is a little bit rushed, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, you and I discussed a few episodes ago, uh, Demons 2 fails to follow up on the ending of Demons 1, is that it's now taken over the, the city or whatever, and now it's Apocalypse that's taking over the world. Um, and, and they pulled back from that. If there was a sequel to Prince of Darkness, I would, I would think I would like to see it expand beyond that, just that area. Yeah, for sure. I think you'd have to at that point. Yeah. Um, this is the longest episode I think we've ever done. We're at 40 minutes here, people. Wow. Oh, holy crap. And I think you and I discussed that's more the format is right now I'm not working because we just moved here and you have some more time. And yeah. so we'll probably try to do more than two movies per episode and not rush it so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So the next episode is going to be more than just 1987. It's going to be Prom Night 2, 3, and 4. So we're jumping 87, 89, and 91. I, it's really the only way you can discuss the rest of the series, I think. Um, yeah, I don't think there's really any point in dragging it out that yeah, far. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, no one knows the sequels. Well, plus 2 and 3 are so interlocked. And then 4 is a callback to the very first one. And so when we take too much time between sequels, we can kind of forget what's going on. Yeah, I kind of already forgot half of the first problem. And no one really. Yeah, the first one is the uh, overrated. Um, here's the funny thing is I was thinking about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies, and none of it matters. <laughs> Only one and two. This reboot uh, thing, whatever. Oh, I dude. I don't know why it, it doesn't was... bother me with. I haven't seen the new one. But I don't know why it doesn't bother me with this franchise. Maybe because I'm come numb to it, whereas it bothers me so much with Halloween. Yeah, well, I mean... That's because Halloween has decent moments and it has some 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 good additions to it, uh, but Texas Chainsaw like that's what's so brilliant about Toby Hooper he he intentionally fucked his entire franchise, um, and it was awesome. Yeah, that's what and, Joe and, Dante yeah. did with Gremlins too. He was like, yeah. "Okay, I'll make a sequel, but I'm doing what I want with this." You, you fuckers, you want a sequel? Okay, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, so there's no point in even like 
like even by the original writer and director's own vision it's over so there's no point in even giving a shit yeah so just enjoy it for what it is oh it's another like it's well it's like robin hood you know um it's kind of the same story over and over just with different like oh new technology or, or new twist on this it's it's not erasing any of it but Whatever, I'll take I'll take any Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Honestly, did you see the new Did you see the new Texas Chainsaw? No, I I don't have uh, oh. uh, internet right now. Um, Dude, it's they they just copied the new Halloween with Jamie Lee Curtis. Well, yeah, I think feel like that's all we're gonna be Same doing thing. now is, and we don't and we we don't just uh, take uh, uh, everything that we know about it and throw it away or whatever, and then we make it. Oh, the new hero is like a tough badass, and they've been waiting years for this. But it's also there's no numbers. There's yeah, no. The subtitle it's it's just the same so now i don't refer to it as halloween i refer to it as halloween 2018 scream yeah. 2022 texas chainsaw massacre 2022 um i don't know why we're so scared of numbers why didn't they just call it five uh well five cream <laughs> never mind <laughs> but scream the s should have just been a five you know and now what are we gonna do with scream six is it scream two <laughs> is it scream 2020 whatever what is it <laughs> Well, as long as those actors still need a paycheck, I guess they'll always be around. Right, I yeah. Know. I haven't seen that one either. I'm so far behind on movies, so uh, that's it. Um, so check us out on Facebook and Twitter under Hit Rewind. And anything you want to say before we go? Uh, no. Uh, I think it was, it was good to be back, man. Yeah, it took too long. I kept putting it off. I had this weird thing where I got so used to not recording that I was like, well, how much longer can I keep this going? And I was like, ah, fuck this. I got nothing else to do. <laughs> It was good to take a break. Yeah. It was, it was seriously, it was a long ass trip. We drove from Oregon down to Texas to miss all the storms and then up to Indiana. So it took two and a half weeks. Jesus. Yeah, it's a lot of gas. Thank God we got there before the gas shot up. Woo! Yeah, oh my God, you got lucky. Yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, have a good night. We'll be back as soon as possible. All right, night, folks. All right, bye. <laughs>